Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Based on a True Story, where we're looking into the true stories behind all your favorite horror movies, specifically horror movies. Forget all the other ones. We're here for horror. That's my favorite. That's probably your favorite if you're here too. And I love getting to know the real backstory behind all my favorite scary movies ever. So, to start off, I figured why not go with one one popular one that everyone loves, everyone loves watching, hearing about, there's multiple of, Annabelle, the doll, Annabelle. Um, so, I'm going to start off by giving a summary of how she was found and everything that went into figuring out... Uh, who she, like, who was inhabiting this doll, or what was inhabiting this doll, um, and then later on I'm gonna get into, uh, incidents that have happened after she was taken by Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were the founders of the New England Society for Psychic Research, aka Nesper, as, um, told by Moulton, um, Ryan Moulton. So, um, for starters, let's get into the, the summary. To begin, it it all happened, it all started in 1970. A woman purchased a Raggedy Ann doll as a gift for her daughter Donna for her 28th birthday. Um, a Raggedy Ann doll was more common during this time. It was more popular. There were stories based on her and everything. It was um, a doll with red stringy hair and a little white dress with a little blue bonnet and um, apron <clears throat> with black button eyes and long eyelashes. Like... Sounds kind of creepy. She was, I mean, not gonna lie, she was, she was kind of creepy, but she was completely plush and not glass as the movies showed, like not as scary <laughs> as she's been portrayed in the movies. Um, anyway, but she was popular during this time and she gave it to her daughter as a gift for her birthday. So the doll would just sit normally on her bed <clears throat> and that's how it stayed, how you would expect. But later on, Donna and her roommate Angie both noticed the doll starting to move around the apartment on her own. They wouldn't see her physically move, but they would go either to work or to class and they would come home and she would not be in the same spot where she was at. So at first they figured it was probably their manager playing a prank on them or something um, and later found it out that it wasn't. So like any person would do, they ignored it (laughs) out of fear of what it could be, whatever they were thinking. So, didn't think much of it until another day, later on, um, they found two notes under Donna's bed, and one of them had help us written on it, and the other one had help me written on it, and their main concern was actually that the notes were written on parchment paper, because they don't own parchment paper, so they, that, like, they weren't even thinking, of course they were thinking, like, the words are scary, but their main concern was the paper, which... For me, I don't even know what I would think, but, like, the, I have, oh, just the fact that, like, even finding that under your bed would be terrifying. (laughs) Um, so after that happened, they decided, they're like, let's contact a medium, let's see what this, let's see what's living in this and what wants to talk to us. The medium came over and she decided that it was a seven-year-old girl by the name of Annabelle Higgins that was written, um, or that once lived on that property, um. And the doll felt safe with Angie and Donna. And so the girls allowed the spirit to stay inside. Which, first off, why? Why? I know. I would never do that. I mean, I can't speak for anyone else. But if you would think about it, like, yeah, you think it's a little seven-year-old girl. But she's also a spirit. And you also don't know if that's 100% true. Just because this medium told you so. Um, It's crazy to even think about. So, um, later on, they 
had their friend Lou over and he ended up staying the night on their couch and he always had an uneasy feeling about this doll and in the middle of the night he had a nightmare that the doll climbed up him and tried to strangle him and the next morning he woke up the girls he was telling him about it and he was getting so frustrated that she he threw the doll across the room and within seconds he got three claw marks on his chest and five on his stomach which bled through his shirt like it was extreme and it just happened out of nowhere Obviously, after this happened, they were like, okay, we need to contact someone. So they looked for a, they looked for a priest, someone to talk to about it. This was all taking place in Connecticut. And um, after contacting this priest, he was like, no, I know who you need to contact. And it's Ed and Lorraine Warren, which is mentioned. Um, they are investigators of the paranormal. And they were like, sure, let's come take a look at it. After doing so, they realized this was no human spirit. According to Pam McLaughlin in her article discussing the real Annabelle, um, was talking about what the Warrens were realizing when dealing with this certain doll. Um, and they had claimed they were like, this is not something you want around. She's much worse than she seems to be. I don't think this is a seven-year-old girl, basically. So, um... Of course, they ended up taking the doll and taking her back to the museum where she was placed in a chair in the corner. And that's when we're going to get into three different incidents that happened when she was taken from the nurses. And they're way more intense. Like, you probably would have figured this would have ended after Ed and Lorraine took the doll, but there is more. (laughs) Getting into our first story out of three is about a detective. A detective that was friends with Ed and Lorraine and would hang out with them occasionally. So for starters, their their friend, the detective, came over just to visit and this was soon after Annabelle had been um, taken by Ed and Lorraine and put in their museum. And so of course he was like, can I go see her just for fun? And Ed was like, sure, why not? They go to the museum, taking a look at Annabelle when the phone rings upstairs and Ed is like, okay, let me go take care of that. You just stay here, I'll be right back. The phone call was four minutes long, not very long at all. Ed comes back back downstairs to the museum to see the detective was incoherent, dizzy, and white-faced, and many of the items in the museum were flipped over along with the doll. Um, And when when Ed asked him, he was like, whoa, what happened? What, like, how did this all happen? The detective refused to tell Ed anything and said he would only talk to Lorraine. And um, according to Tony Spera, who is Ed and Lorraine's son-in-law, Lorraine never told of the incident between the doll and the detective. Whatever happened um, was never spoken to the public, and still to this day, no one knows. After Lorraine passed, the information went with her. So it's it's long gone. No one knows what happened. Um, Ed thinks that uh, the detective probably touched the doll or something to trigger it to do something. Um, But whatever happened hurt the detective so badly like mentally that he retired a few months later and moved out of state and i'm just thinking of being alone in a room full uh, their museum is full of haunted items like full chock full i would never want to be in that room alone by myself and it's crazy to me that people do it even to this day there's some people that um are allowed to visit and go in there alone and i'm like i have no i love horror stuff but alone i'm not sure how i feel about that so That was the incident with the detective. Getting into the next story is about a Catholic priest who was also friends with the Warren with the Warrens at this time. Um, So he was on the phone with Lorraine and he was like, hey, I just got this brand new vehicle. Can I come over and show you? And she's like, yeah, why don't you stay for lunch while you're here? 
So he said yes, brought his new car over, they were all eating lunch, and while eating lunch, he asked the same question as a detective, and he said, can I go see Annabelle in the museum? And Ed was like, sure, we'll just head down there now. Um, And when they got to the museum, Annabelle was still sitting in her chair in the corner, not in the glass box that you see in the movies, or the wooden box that you've seen in the movies, she was just placed on a chair at this time in the corner. Um... And Ed began telling the story of how they found Annabelle, where she came from, and the story of what happened to the nurses. And when he got to the part of the story um, where their friend Lou was cut up by the doll or by something, um, the priest quickly picked up the doll from the chair, like, almost immediately and, like, completely unexpected. Picked the doll up from the chair and chucked her threw her across the room yelling god is more powerful than any devil or demon as stated by tony Spera in his video describing the story surrounding annabelle and shortly after they were like okay we gotta go like ed was like i agree with you that god is more powerful powerful but you should sh- uh, still shouldn't have done that as it can like it, they're still powerful they could still to humans it can be like very dangerous to do something like that is what ed was telling the priest The priest left. He left in his new car, and he was going home when he totaled it. And, of course, everyone was like, it's brand new. How did you total it? Like, why weren't you more careful what happened? And he said the last thing he saw before he went out of control was Annabelle in his rearview mirror. Like, oh, it gives me chills just thinking about that. Imagine, like being in this room full of haunted entity entities whatever and then you see one in your rearview mirror alone on your ride home (laughs) and then wreck like no no way I could do that that's so horrible and um it was after this incident after the two between the detective and the catholic priest that they decided they're like okay let's let's store Annabelle somewhere else what they decided to do with storing Annabelle in another place rather than a chair was to put her into a wooden enclosed box that was built specifically for this doll and was soaked in holy water uh, with a warning on the outside of the glass as told by Pam McLaughlin that it said, <coughs> warning, do not touch, do not open. Yeah, it was like very, very well written that you should not touch the box, should not touch the doll, should never open the box, like, just leave it, leave it set. So, um, at this point, their museum is, you know, Annabelle's more popular and everything, so they began giving tours, and on one specific, um, event, they were giving a tour to college kids, and Ed was taking them around the museum, gets to Annabelle, and is telling the story when a boy, a college boy, ran up to the glass and banged on it, claiming it was all BS, and that it was fake, he didn't believe in it, immediately, the boy was kicked out, of course, Ed was like, you can't do that, you really shouldn't mess with it, she's more powerful than you think, and he kicked him out, along with his girlfriend, and so on the way home, the boy and his girlfriend were on his motorcycle, and they were joking about the doll, when they lost control, and rammed headfirst into a tree, where the boyfriend died instantly. His girlfriend was severely injured, but she didn't pass away. Um, And this is the only reason we know of what exactly happened. She said that as soon as they started talking about the doll and joking about it is when the bike lost control with no reason and they hit the tree and he hit, ended up hitting head first to where he was killed instantly. And it's so 
crazy to me that like so most of this is after the stuff happens after they leave like within these three not so much the detective but the catholic priest and the college kids it's normally like car trouble that's an issue along with the beginning when the warrens were bringing the doll back to the museum they said that they had car trouble along like their bricks were giving out and um so apparently whatever was in this what's living in this doll likes vehicles or something (laughs) Overall, that's all of the most recent information or the main things that have happened um, involving the doll. Tony Spera, their son-in-law, who's currently taking over the museum after Ed and Lorraine passed, has stated that the doll is no longer um, visible to the public and is put away um, because of all of these incidents that have occurred. Um, <clears throat> with COVID happening right now, I'm not sure too sure about all their tours and such. Um, But they still do have the museum. I'm just not sure if it's currently up and running. But Annabelle is no longer there to look at as of today. Um, But yeah, looking into stuff like this, it's super, super cool to read about. However, like, very scary when you think about the real story spectrum of it. Like, of course, everyone, when it comes to anything, they're like, it could never happen to me. But then you read about incidents like this or like of any sort. And you're like, wow, that's like, it literally could happen to me so but yeah um I guess just don't get on a demon's bad side is what I'm (laughs) what I'm gonna leave you with but that's all I have for today and um I hope you enjoyed listening and I because I enjoy telling I love talking about horror so thanks for tuning in